So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for today. And we thank you for the privilege to gather together, um, fellowshipping together, listening to your word and sharing and strengthening one another. We ask for the um, witness of your spirit in our hearts this evening. We ask for the supply of your spirit. We ask that you guide us into all truth. Bring the word and life in our hearts and cause us to experience everything that you show us in your word in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for those who aren't here. We pray that by your spirit, you um, um, nod your hearts to be here and, and send your angels to make it possible for them to join us this night, um, this moment in the name of Jesus Christ. And we declare that for everyone who listens to this recording at a later time, let the same influence of your spirit be upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Amen, amen, amen. One more time. Good evening, everybody. Um, today we are looking at, we're continuing what, what we started um, some two weeks ago. And last week we looked at, um, we started the conversation around four ways that God speaks to us. All right. So we said that in, in broad terms, there are four ways that God speaks to us. And we listed them as um, through our thoughts, through the impulse of the Holy Spirit, um, through providential um, circumstances, and then lastly, through um, spectacular experiences. So today, we um, and again, last week, we, we looked at the first two, all right? We looked at the first two, which is uh, through our thoughts and spiritual impulses. And um, a big thanks to Sister Faith for leading Bible study last week. Um, what we looked at, part of the things we looked at was the fact that these two are internal, all right? Um, they are internal, meaning they occur in your heart. They, are, they, they occur within, all right? While the other two are somewhat external in approach, and, and we'll explain that as we go on further today. Um, and we looked at thoughts, and we looked at our spiritual impulses. And one of the things that we highlighted last week was the fact that we cannot dissociate fellowship from, from knowing the voice of God. Um, and I like the illustration faith used of a of a of a mother and, and, and a child. All right. So the, the child, because the child is has spent time with the mother, the child knows the fragrance of the mother. The child can perceive the, the perfume or the fragrance of the of the mother. And I mean bi biologically, it is said that um, children at that um, at, at baby stage, right, they develop their sense of smell faster than every other sense. They might not be able to articulate, you know, they might, they might not be able to see or um, very clearly yet or be able to, you know, that sense of sight might not have been very developed, but their sense of smell is usually developed first, all right? And just as the child knows the scent of his mother because the child has spent so much time with the mother, it's the same way also when we spend so much time with God, we can perceive, we know God, we, we understand um, the aroma of God. We can tell the fragrance of God's presence. All right. And that is something that is a result of fellowship. You cannot have it any other way aside fellowship. All right. And also moving further, we saw that time spent with God help makes us acquainted with God. All right. And, and that's something that I know we emphasized last week, that the more time you spend with God, the more you are, you are likely to recognize his voice. Okay, and if we have like, if we have, if we bring a child 
again, we bring a child into a room with um, 10 men and you tell each of the men to call the child's name and you blindfold the child, the child will be able to tell which is the father's voice because he has spent time with the father. So also the way, you know, just Christ said, my sheep hears my, know my voice and they, they hear me and they obey me. It's in, it's in the same way also that God expects us to recognize his voice because we have spent time with him. All right. So what we are sharing is not a mechanical approach. It's not, um, it's not a, it's not like a key that, that regardless of who holds the key to open node, you have to have a relationship. You cannot exclude um, relationship and fellowship with descending God's voice. All right. So we're continuing today and let me share my screen. Uh, we're continuing today with, we are continuing today with um, what we started, what we started last week. All right. We're continuing today with um, how God speaks. And we're looking at the remaining two ways. All right. The remaining two ways that God speaks to us. Um, remaining two ways that God speaks to us. Um, okay. Just want to pin this. Okay. So this is the part three. And what we're looking at for this is um, providential circumstances and spectacular experiences. And I hope the terminologies are not, you know, they are not detached from us, but I'll I'll explain this as we proceed. All right. So providential circumstances and spectacular experiences. Give me one minute. All right, providential circumstances and pivot and spectacular experiences. All right. So again, let me put this in context for, for us one more time. We said, broadly speaking, there are four different ways that God, God can use to speak, um, speak to us. And emphasis is on broadly speaking. So we're not trying to put God in a box. We're just trying to categorize the various ways from scriptures and, and our experiences the various ways that God speaks to us, all right? So this is not in any way trying to limit the way God speaks to us. No, God is so vast. We honestly can't put him in a, in a box. What we're attempting to do with this study is to give us an understanding and uh, bring enlightenment so that we, it will be easy for us to recognize the possible scenarios that God uses to speak to us, all right? Um, so I want to start this with a, a passage of scripture. Um. Job chapter 33, verse 14 to 16. Please, if you are there, I would love for you to read for us. Job chapter 33. I would love someone to read for us. Job chapter 33, verse, um, verse 14 to verse 16. The book of Job chapter 33. Um, Job is in the Old Testament, in case you're looking for it. All right, Job 33, verse 14 to 16. All right, anybody there reading for us? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, yes, go ahead, we can hear you. Okay, Job 33, verse 14 to 16. Yes. For God does speak now one way. Now another, though 
no one perceived in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. Verse 16. He may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. Hallelujah. Um, I like the translation you read, and it says God speaks one way or in another. And this is that's my emphasis. The fact that you know the Bible says in the book of John, chapter 4, that God is a spirit, all right. And that simple statement has a vast um, um application and implication as well. One of that, one of the implications of that statement is the fact that. God is spirit, so he would not necessarily communicate in the way we humans are accustomed to, all right? God is spirit. He may have more than one ways in which he speaks to us. And this is what that, this scripture is alluding to. It says that in verse 14, that God speaks in one way, yet in another. And the problem is not that, the problem has never been with God, okay? The problem has always been with our, our ability to recognize God's voice. And that's what he says, that God speaks in one way and also in another, yet man does not perceive it. So in all the dealings that God has, the problem typically has been with our ability to discern or to perceive that God is the one speaking. Because God speaks in various ways, we are likely to miss out on the ways he speaks if we don't pay attention or if we are not educated to understand how God speaks, which is the purpose of this um, Bible study, to understand the ways that God speaks so that when God speaks, we are able to recognize. You know, um, Samuel, while he was a young, young boy in the temple under the custody of Eli, one day he went to sleep and he heard the voice of God. But he did not know it was God. He ran to Eli and said, Eli, you called me. And Eli said, no, no, I didn't call you. Go back and sleep. And then God spoke again. He heard and he ran to Eli and said, Eli, you called me. And Eli said, no, I did not call you. And they thought and he said, you know what? If God, if you hear this again, respond this way. Speak, Lord, for your servant hear it. You know, this is a very typical case with a lot of believers. That the problem is not that God doesn't speak. In fact, we... We hear something or we, we are aware of something, but we are not conscious that that, that is God speaking. So God speaks, if they, um, that thing has, has probably caught our attention, but then we do not know, we don't know that that is God speaking. All right. And this is the purpose of this study to help us understand the ways, the various ways that God speaks to us so that we are able to identify it and respond accordingly. And if Eli did not educate Samuel on how to recognize the voice of God. Some, God would have been speaking and speaking and trying to get someone's attention, but someone wouldn't have known that it was God, all right? Something also similar happened to um, Moses. Moses was tending his sheep, you know, the sheep of his father-in-law, sorry, and then something caught his attention. A bush was set ablaze, was on fire, but it wasn't, it wasn't consumed. And Moses went to look at this, what, what this spectacular sight was happening here. And then God began to speak from it. And, you know, many times God does things to get our attention. All right. Um, but unfortunately, and sadly, a lot of times Christians don't know that this is God trying to get the attention or God even speaking to them through those channels. So the purpose of this study is to help us understand the various ways that God speaks to us. And I, I, trust by the, by the help of God that 
at the end of today's study, we'll be, we'll be able to recognize and even identify that, oh, God tried speaking to me in, you know, in this particular situation, but I, I just didn't know. Or maybe even strengthening our convictions to receive the various ways that God speaks to us. All right, hallelujah. So I want to start with this scripture just to point out the fact that God may speak in one way or in another. That means you cannot tie God down to a particular way of speaking. Of course, remember we started two weeks ago by establishing a foundational truth that everything God says to us will be consistent with scriptures, all right? Now, building on that, we are saying that there are different ways he would take, he would um, use to, to communicate or to speak to us. So God may speak in one way or in another. And the problem sometimes we have is that we are accustomed to God speaking in a particular way. And then when he speaks in a, in a different way, we are we we don't recognize that that's God. We are almost take, we're almost taking off God and don't recognize, excuse me, and don't recognize that that is God. All right. So the purpose of this study again is to help us, um, you know, explore these various ways that God speaks and trust that God will enlighten our hearts. All right. So providential circumstances. All right. I know for those of us on Zoom, there's a lot of text on my screen, but um, just bear with me. All right. So providential circumstances, this is what we want to look at. The first thing we looked at last week was um, how God speaks to us through our thoughts. The second thing we looked at was how God speaks to us through spiritual impulses. And now the third thing we're looking at in this you know, series is providential circumstances. So what do I mean by providential circumstances? Sometimes the grammar you know, looks sounds long. But this is what I mean basically, that providential circumstances are external events God uses as pointers to what he's saying. So external events that God uses as pointers to what he's saying, all right? And these events could range from uh, the daily or common experiences to even the rare and uncommon ones, all right? But whatever the case is, the event would have an impression on your heart and carry a meaning that someone else may not recognize. Now, let me explain all I, all I just read out. So when we talk about providential circumstances, we're talking about external events. So things that happen on the outside. Remember when we talked about thoughts and spiritual impulses, these are large, these are um, um, internal experiences that we have that happen to us that, that occur in our hearts. All right. But when we talk about providential circumstances, we're talking about external events that God uses to as a pointer to what he's speaking to us about. So let's say, for instance, um, you want to start a business and God has dropped this. There's this conversation in your heart that you're not too certain about yet, but there's this idea about a business. Let's say, for instance, it's a fashion business, but you're not really sure that if God wants you to start a fashion business or not, but it's something you have in your heart as, as a thought. All right. And then you go to visit a friend you hadn't seen in, in a long time. And then in the middle of the conversation, the friend begins to say that, you know that I've been thinking about how profitable fashion businesses are, and the friend goes on and on and begins to give you data and insight as to the, as to fashion business. All right, now you did not have a conversation with this friend. You did not even tell this friend about what you've been thinking about. But the friend suddenly begins to talk about the exact thing that you've been pondering about the fashion business. Let's say you live there, and then you go to let's say you go to your office, and your colleague just like you're not having a conversation with your colleague, but your colleague was scrolling through Instagram and just begins to say, uh, begins to speak and say, ah, 
you know that this fashion business is really a good business. It's something I'd like to do in the future. You see, these pockets of um, conversations, when, you, when they happen to you, God, in your heart, you know that God is sending you a message. You know that God is saying something to you. To somebody else that may be in this conversation, it doesn't mean anything. But for you, because of what God is dealing with you in your life, these conversations have a message in them. And that, and that message is highlighted, all right, in your heart. And you know that this is God speaking to me. Okay, so that's an example of a providential circumstance. Or let's say you are thinking of which school um, to, what school to go for your master's, and then you turn on the TV, and while you're watching, a school comes and, and, and does its advert on, on TV, right? Now, anybody can do an advert on TV, so that in itself doesn't necessarily connote a providential circumstance. But what is, what makes it, um, um spiritual and peculiar in this case is that once the, as the school as you want the advert of the school in your heart you feel so drawn to the school and you know that this is not just because of how good your advert is and by the way that's not even the only advert you've seen all right but then you feel so drawn to that school and as you begin to pray about it and you know go further in research and, and the rest you see that this is god speaking to me so it is possible that god use god would use external events, all right? It might be events that happen to you personally or events that you witness but happen to somebody else. As the case may be, God can use this event to speak to you, either speak to you afresh or to highlight a message that he has been speaking to you about, all right? And this is simply what we mean by providential circumstances. And like we said, these events could be random everyday experiences. I mean, you go to work, you talk with your colleagues. That's a very that's a that's a common experience. But then the conversations stir up something in your heart, and you know God is speaking to you. Or it could be something that is you know an uncommon one. For instance, let's say somebody mistakenly dials your number. All right, it's clear that this is a wrong number. But then the person just says something in passing that you know God spoke to you through. All right, so it could be uncommon um, experiences like that. But whatever the case is. God uses external events to speak to us. And, you know, many times we have experienced this. It could even be in the bus on your way to work. And then you just overhear someone speaking on the phone to another person. But what they are saying is exactly what you, is the answer to what you've been, you've been asking for, for the past couple of weeks. All right. So God does use these circumstances, um, these kind of circumstances to, to speak to us. All right. And, and I don't want us to, um, to, to be ignorant of these circumstances. And for the most part, this requires us to be sensitive, to recognize that God is speaking to our hearts, okay? So I have an example here from the book of First Samuel, and it's about Saul. Um, it's not necessarily the, you know, the most positive example, um, just because of the circumstances um, surrounding this. However, it's an example nonetheless. So I'm going to read it for us. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 25 to 28. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 25 to verse 28. Um, all right. So 1 Samuel chapter 15, 25 to 28. So I read, it says, Now therefore I pray thee. So again, back, let me, background story for us. Um, God gave an instruction to Saul. 
Saul didn't carry it out. He he came up with an excuse um, and to, to disobey, basically. And then Samuel came and he was angry and gave a verdict from God that his kingdom, that Saul's kingdom was going to be taken away from him. Now look at verse 25. This was Saul speaking. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Now something happened next, verse 27. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid, that Saul now laid hold upon the skirt of his garment, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the, the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and has given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Now, what happened here was that um, after Saul, you know, Saul pleaded with Samuel to go with him, and Samuel said, no, because you have disobeyed God, God has taken the kingdom away from you. And Samuel, in, in anger, turned to turn away to, to, to walk away from Saul, and Saul tried to, you know, trying to compel him, held the edge of his garment, and it tore. Now, this is experience, this is an external experience. But then God used that, ex that experience to speak to Sam, um, speak to Saul. And Samuel said to Saul that the same way this um, piece of my garment has torn away from the rest is the same way God has torn away the kingdom from you. Now, I know this is not a very pleasant experience, all right? But I just want, I, I read this to point us to the fact that God many times either speaks fresh messages or amplifies existing messages through providential circumstances. So for you, for someone now, God might have been speaking to you about, um, about a particular thing, right? Maybe a particular season in your life. And then you go out just to have a conversation or visit a friend, like I said, and then the conversation they are having is exactly what God has been speaking to you about. This is God using that circumstance to amplify the message in, his, in, in, in your heart, all right? Let me, or it might be a fresh message that God is speaking to you at that point, at the point or moment of that circumstance. And let me share with you my own experience. This was about two weeks ago. I was taking a walk in the, you know, in my estate and I was just praying. I was, I was taking a prayer walk and I was praying, 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 taking a walk. You know, I wanted to, <laughs> let me confess, I wanted to close my exercise rings for that day. So I said, well, I could be closing my rings and praying at the same time, you know, so I converted it to a prayer walk. Um, so I was praying and, you know, walking on a particular street and then I noticed a car passed me. I just looked at the car and I was like, oh, maybe this is a, a taxi driver, but I didn't pay much attention to it, to him. So the car passed me still on that street, did a U-turn and began to drive towards me. At this point, I still didn't, I mean, there's so many cars on the road. Um, so I didn't really didn't bother about it. But then out of all the people on the road, this guy stopped by me and asked me for direction. So I gave him direction. He was looking for a particular street. I gave him direction and he drove off. When he drove off, suddenly it just dawned in my heart that, okay, no, first of all, when I gave him direction, I was just reminiscing within my heart about the fact that I genuinely like giving people direction. And this is like naturally, if you come to an area that I am familiar with and you need directions, I'm usually very happy to help you. So I was just reminiscing about that in my heart about the fact that I love giving people direction. And then God began to speak and said in my heart that, and this came as a thought, by the way, 
it came as a thought that what if this is what part of the things God has called me to do in life, to give people direction in life, not just geographically, but in, in terms of activities in life now. At, at that moment, I was like, mm, maybe this is just my mind. I, so I was trying to show it off as just my own thoughts. And I continued working. And then few seconds after this, another car stopped right by me to ask me for directions again. And this is, again, considering the fact that there, is so many, there are several people on the road at this point on that particular street. I was not the only one. If I was the only one, I would have said, yeah, yeah, because I'm the only one. But there were several other people on the street, but this car came straight to me. And guess what? This car asked me for direction. At this point, I knew God was speaking to me through the circumstances, all right? And so I gave him direction and he went. And then I began to pray in my heart and say, okay, God, what are you really saying? And God began to expand in my heart the message that he had started, you know, and he said several other things and even gave me, you know, verses of scripture to, to back it up. So that is a, an experience of God using, an example of God using providential circumstances to speak to us, all right? And I believe many of us might have experienced or, or, and witnessed um, ex, um, circumstances like this in our own lives where God used something on the outside, a conversation, um, something that happened to you or something that happened to your friend that was being narrated to you. Whatever it is, God uses experiences to speak to us, all right? You know, sometimes when I'm driving, I see, I see, for instance, okay, let me give an example. There was a particular Sunday, we're driving back from church and we saw an accident on the road. Well, I mean, we didn't witness when the accident happened, but we saw the car had had an accident. We saw another car not too long have an accident. We saw a third one. By the time I saw this, I knew in my spirit that God wanted me to begin to pray and declare over the road, declare safety, declare peace. Not just not for me as an individual alone, but just for the atmosphere. All right. And you know, there are certain things like this that God, certain times like this that God uses experiences on the outside to speak to us. Okay. So we, we should not be ignorant of, of them. All right. Now, as a disclaimer, we are saying here that we're not saying that every event that happens to you. Um, let's say someone comes and knock on your door. You begin, to, you begin to ask and say, okay, what, what is God saying from a knock? Maybe a knock means that God is knocking on my heart. So if he's knocking on my heart, what does that mean? No, we're not saying you, you deduce mentally from every event what God is saying. No. And that's what I put here on the slide. I said that we don't coerce a message out of every event. All right. However, we stay descending for when God decides to speak to us through this way. All right, let me take that again. We don't coerce, coerce a message out of every event. Um, if tomorrow, just drawing from my own personal example now, if tomorrow somebody stops me to ask me for direction, it doesn't necessarily mean God at that instant is speaking to me anything else again. No, that's not what it means. And neither will I start trying to determine, I say, is God speaking to me? Um, what is God saying? Let me try and figure it out mentally. No, we're not getting into that mental exercise of trying to deduce a message from every event. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that we are keeping our hearts open so that if whatever happens to us or whatever experience, experiences we encounter, if God decides to use an experience to speak to us, then our hearts are open enough to receive that experience. So it is not dependent on you now. The, the, the action, the proactive action is on God, not on you. So what I mean by that is you, you are not going to um, let, let me give an example now. You know, 
have you ever seen people that they when the time for instance is let's say is 303 they automatically just mean that god is saying something to them at 303 or if the time is 515 they say because it's 515 god is saying something to me no that is not true so we're not trying to fabricate a message from every encounter we have we're simply saying that we are aware that god does use circumstances and God does use encounters to speak to us. So we are keeping our hearts open for whenever he decides to use any of our daily encounters to speak to us, all right? Um, so that's one disclaimer. Second thing I want to say on this note is that, I mean, someone could ask us, how do I then know that God is speaking to me through an event, all right? Um, if, if, for instance, I, I take a bus and today somebody pays for my fare, the next day somebody pays for my fare, and the third day, someone pays for my fear. How do I really know what God is saying or if God is saying anything at all to me? All right. So one simple way is this, that you know God is speaking to you through an event when a particular message is highlighted in your heart and it resonates with your spirit. So for instance, if, um, if you know, back to my example about starting a fashion business, if I go to my friend's house and he talks about a fashion business and there's nothing clicks in my heart, all right. It simply means God is not speaking to me yet about it. Even if I everywhere I go to, every single person speaks about fashion, fashion businesses, but then nothing has clicked in my heart yet. That means God is not yet speaking to me. But when God speaks to you or decides to use an event to speak to you, the moment it happens, it would click in your heart. You will know that God is speaking to me. It will be a highlighted message and you know that there's something different about this conversation from every other conversations I've had. You might have spoken to 10 people before and they all talked about fashion businesses. But when you come to this particular person, the 11th person and person speaks, if God, is used, if God decides to speak through that conversation, the message will be highlighted in your heart and you would re it will resonate, resonate in your spirit. All right. So ultimately, how you know God is using a um, providential circumstance to speak to you is that there'll be an inward witness to that circumstance. All right. Never forget there'll be an inward witness to the external circumstance. That is how you know that God is speaking to you. So you can't just assume every, every um, ex experience or every event is God speaking to you. No. And you know, people have become very spooky because of this, because they assume that, Oh, God will speak to me. Um, um, if my neighbor greets me good morning in the afternoon, that means God is saying something to me about the morning of my life. It doesn't necessarily mean it might just be an honest mistake. All right. So we are not trying to fabricate messages from every event, but we know that God does speak for speak through um, events and we're opening our hearts to recognize when he speaks. And like I said, how do you know when God is speaking through an event? There'll be a witness in your heart. A message, a particular experience will be highlighted in your heart. A particular message will be highlighted in your heart and it will resonate with you so that even when you go to sleep, it will still be tugging at you and you know that God is saying something. And what happens is when you go to pray about it, that message would expand in your heart, all right? Just the same way, um, like Faith explained to us about thoughts, differentiating our thoughts and God's thoughts right? When you go to pray about that thing, it will expand in your heart. It will grow in your heart. That's how you know that this is from God, all right?
Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Um, before we proceed, let me take a break here and ask us, you know, I would love to hear from one or two people um, if they can share their experience of how God, you know, spoke to them from any experience. If you, are, if you don't mind sharing the experience, we'll be happy to hear from you. Anyone wants to share with us how God spoke to them at any point in time? It might not, it might be very something casual or something serious, whatever it is. We just want to hear your experience of how at any time God spoke to you through an event or through a circumstance. All right. Somebody wants to share with us. Um, Brother Silas, you are unmuted. Um, is that you trying to share with us an experience? Yes, sir. Okay, please go ahead. Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Yeah, thank you so much for the wonderful um, teaching so far. Okay, um, my experience was um, while I was about going for my service. And when I actually started um, service, that was 2017. I took out like six months to, to pray and fast, trusting God that I'll be posted to an engineering firm because I'm very passionate about engineering. I studied civil engineering. Mm. Um, we spent the 21 days in camp and I was very hopeful that I was gonna be sent to an engineering firm, banking on the investment of prayer and um, petitions have laid and faster and everything. Mm. But when I got my call up later, I saw Grace Emmanuel College. <laughs> Something just died in me as it, I said, ah, ah, God, what's happening? This is not what I prayed for. This is not what I asked. What's happening? Mm. So at that point, while I was, um, the rising had broken and um, had having mixed thoughts and feelings about what was happening. Scriptures started coming. I know the thoughts I think towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future or hope and expected end. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the caller according to his people. Prior to that time, he has been telling me, Many are the devices in the heart of a man, but only the counsel of God will stand. Mm. So the scripture came confronting me. Even when we got to the family as I was going, all the network went up, people were crying, people were shouting, no, I can't, I can't serve here. I, I was just so quiet. Everybody was shocked. Ah, why is this guy quiet like this? But I was just thinking, Lord, what should we have me do here? What should we have me do here? And though I wasn't posted to an engineering firm to, to build blocks and to mold blocks, God helped me to build lives, especially the young people. And service here became so interesting that I didn't want to even leave because the impact was much on the people and on the land. So I felt of a truth. He wanted me to serve there. And the very influential contacts I have that to date are still very, very important in my life. So I felt that God spoke to me through the instrumentality of his word, at that point that I was in between decisions, do I stay, do I go, what do I do? So the words came and were, they released comfort and strength for me to stay 
and do what he has asked me to do. So for me, I think that's um, primarily God speaks to me through his word and then an inner weakness and peace. Primarily, that's how God speaks to me. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, um, Silas. God bless you. Thanks for that experience. Um, while we are speaking, something came to my heart, right? Um, I just remembered the from scripture now, the story of Abraham's servant, when Abraham sent him to look for a wife for, um, for Isaac, his son. And what the prayer, you know, that the servant made was that whoever comes and, you know, serves, you know, gives me water, and also put water on for my camel. Let let that be the sign that this is the person that God has selected. And it pretty much happened that way. That way, sorry. And God used that circumstance to confirm, uh, or quote unquote, now to speak to the servant about the decision, about the choice. All right. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, can we take one more person? One more person who wants to share any experience. So particularly an experience where God spoke to you through a through a providential circumstance. So through an event or something that happened externally and then God spoke to you through. Anyone like that? One more person. Okay. All right. So let's proceed then. Um, so we have one more, one more, you know, way we want to look at today, and this is spectacular experiences. All right. So we looked at providential circumstances, and as one of the ways God speaks to us. Then all, right now we're looking at spectacular experiences. Um, I think this doesn't need so much introduction because um, because of how how exciting it could be, and you know. Because of the dramatic nature, we tend to hear stories and we're excited by stories like this. So spectacular experiences as one of the ways God speaks to us. What do we mean by this? All right. It's, um, spectacular experiences are divine manifestations of the supernatural, which God gives to us. All right. That means divine manifestations of the supernatural. When God allows some supernatural um, events to manifest um, within our lives or allows supernatural experiences rather to occur to us. So some of these, as we many of us already know, include angelic appearances. So someone has, um, I mean, an angel appears to someone, whether in a dream or in, in real life, for lack of a better term, all right? Angelic appearances, visions, we have dreams, we have trances. Um, even hearing the audible voice of God is spectacular because on a normal day, we don't hear God audibly, all right? We hear God in our hearts. But then there are times when God decides to speak to us audibly. And these are spectacular experiences. And just talking about this, I remember a time where um, this must have been in my second year in school. I, I believe God just allowed me to have those experiences because he wanted to show me that they were possible. Um, but there are times when I wanted to, I probably wanted to wake up for something and then I could hear the voice of God call my name audibly. And there are times when I knew it was the voice of an angel that called my name. And I just knew in my spirit, I knew in my spirit that this was an, this experience was an angel and this one was God, um, was, you know, God calling my name audibly. But then I know I heard it audibly. And when I woke up, I looked around. There was no single person in the room. The door was shut from inside. 
So it's not that someone came, opened the door, called my name and ran away. No, the door was shut from inside. Nobody in the room, but I knew I had my name audibly. All right. So these are spectacular experiences. And I said here that spectacular experiences don't occur as often as the others. All right. So when God speaks to us, he doesn't speak to us through spectacular experiences as often as he does through the rest. All right. So God will speak to you a lot more through your thoughts through the um, witness, sorry, um, spiritual impulses, and even through providential experience, providential circumstances, much more than he would through spectacular experiences, all right? So I said spectacular experiences don't occur as often as others. Um, however, they are valid. They are still valid nonetheless, all right? They are valid nonetheless, all right? So I want us to look at a few examples. And the New Testament, and I mean, the entire Bible is littered with several examples of spectacular experiences, okay? But I want us to look at a few of these examples from the New Testament. And the reason why I want us to do so is because I want to establish from scriptures that these experiences are valid. You know, there are still a group of people that don't believe that God speaks through dreams, all right? And, and unfortunately, when you, you know, watch... Western movies, they just say, oh, no, it's just a dream. Ignore it. No, it's not just a dream. Don't just ignore it. It could be God speaking to you, all right? Um, there are experiences that we have, dreams, angelic manifestations, you know, that are still valid till today. But some people don't believe they are valid. Some people believe they've passed away. And so I'm going to, I'm reading these scriptures to establish and reaffirm again that these experiences do happen, okay? And then we'll, we'll take it off from there. So, Acts chapter, I'm going to do quick, like quick reading because the scriptures are, are many, but I just want to read, read them for us. So Acts chapter 27, verse 10 to verse 11. This is about Paul. Um, when Paul was in a particular ship and he perceived something, I'm starting from verse 10 because I want to show us how that in, in for the same person, God spoke to him through different, two different means. So Acts chapter 27, all right, and verse, verse 10 and 11, it says, and said unto them, this is Paul now said unto them, says, I perceive, mark the word perceive. So let me, let me finish up. It says, I perceive that this voyage will be of hurt and shall damage not only the lading and sheep, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the sheep more than those things which were spoken by Paul. So the Paul says here that I perceive. So the way God, the way this message was communicated to him was not, wasn't through an through a spectacular means. It was through a spiritual impulse, just like we looked at last week. That means Paul perceived it in his heart. It was a perception he had in his heart. And that's what he said. He said, I perceive that this sheep would... So it's almost like, you know, when people say, ah, something in my heart is doing me as if this car will have an accident. I'm not going to travel with it. That's similar to what Paul experienced. Now go to verse 23. And then after they disobeyed and all of that, you know, the story goes on. Verse 23, Paul, after several days of these people not eating and they feared for their lives that they were going to die, look at what happened in verse 23. Um, okay, let's start from verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good share, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but for the sheep. So Paul was giving them an assurance, telling them that they should not be, they should be of good share. They should not worry that nobody's life is going to be lost. 
How did he know this? He said in verse, um, verse, the next verse, he says that, for they stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. So Paul had that assurance because God had spoken to him through an angel. And this is a, a spectacular means, all right? And um, again, like I said, I'm reading this to show us that these, these channels are, are, are possible. God does speak to us through angelic activities. God does speak to us through um, spectacular means, all right? So again, another example is still talking about Paul, Acts chapter 16, verse 9 to verse, verse 10. Acts chapter 16, verse 9 to verse 10. It says, and a, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had, had called us called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So Paul had a vision in the night, and in the vision, he saw a man from a city called Macedonia saying, oh, come and help us, come and help us. He's like, like, assuming I have a vision now from, and I see someone in, I was about to use Russia, but yeah, well, let me use it. I see someone in Russia saying, come and preach the gospel to us, right? That was what Paul had as his experience. And the moment he woke up, the next verse says that they left immediately because they knew God was speaking to them. God was sending them to preach the gospel there. So yes, God does speak. God does speak to us through visions. All right. Um, God does speak. God speaks to us through angelic appearances, just like we've looked at. And um, I want us to look at the, the example of Joseph and Mary as well. So Matthew chapter one. And and you know many of us have had visions. And we just ignored it and said, mm, maybe it's just we, like we, we maybe we didn't understand it. And so we ignored it or we did not um, understand that God was speaking to, to us through these experiences. And then we just we downplayed the importance or we didn't take it as serious as the, as we should have taken it. Okay? Um, so and that this is why we're looking at this so that the visions we have, the experiences we have, the um, the spectacular encounters, we don't put them on the shelf and ignore them because we don't understand them. All right, so Matthew chapter one, verse 19. Matthew chapter one, verse 19 and 20. Want to look at how the experience of Mary and Joseph. Okay, Matthew chapter one, verse 19 and 20. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away pri privately. So Joseph made up his mind to just, you know, sort of divorce Mary or break up the relationship privately. And verse 20 says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. So Joseph had an angelic appearance in a dream and then spoke to him and saying, you know, fear not for the, the, the your wife is... Um, for that which is conceived in heights of the Holy Ghost, and the message goes on and on. The point here is that Joseph, God spoke to Joseph through the through an angelic um, appearance in a dream. Okay, so Joseph had a dream, and in the dream, it was an angel that appeared to him speaking to him. Okay, so this was an, an experience. And if you go to chapter 2, verse 13, um, in the same dream again, 
God spoke to spoke to um, to Joseph. Look at what it says in verse thirteen, chapter two, verse thirteen. And when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, "Arise, go back to your city, and on and on." So it almost seems like for Joseph, um, his most his most frequent spectacular encounter was angelic appearance in a dream. Now, there's something I wanted to mention that I, I forgot to mention, and I, I, it's, it's good to mention it at this point, is the fact that, yes, God does speak to us through spectacular encounters. Um, however, like we already said, these are not very common experiences. Secondly, is the fact that many times when God does you speak to us through spectacular um, encounters, it is usually in a situation where either there is an emergency or the message is requires a lot of faith to accept, or um, there's something extreme about it, and God has to use a spectacular way. Of course, God can divinely and in his sovereignty decide to speak to you through that way, but based on scripture, we, we, we look um, based on scripture, right? When we look at it, we see that many times when God employed a spectacular means, it was either the message, either it required an urgency or the message required a lot of faith to accept, as in the case of Mary, or, um, or it was something very, very unusual. And so God had to use a, spectac a spectacular means, all right? So give me one, just give me 30 seconds, please. All right, thank you. Um, sorry, I had to. We're trying to trying to swap power supply, um, so please bear with us. Okay. So, like I said, many times when God uses spectacular means, right, is either the it's an emergency, or it is um, the what the message that God is speaking requires a lot of faith to believe. Like I said, or there's something just very unusual about that experience. Okay. So. And I'm saying all of this to say that God does speak to us through spectacular means. However, it will not be as common as the others, which is exactly what I said. All right. Um, so I'm going to leave us to read Luke chapter 1, verse 28 to 29. That basically just records um, Mary's encounter. Has the angel didn't appear in a dream? The angel appeared, you know, I want to say something that is very Nigerian. The angel appeared koro koro, meaning the angel appeared in real life. Okay. So she was interfacing and seeing an angel with her physical eyes, not in a dream and all of that. All right, so last example I just want to read for us is from the book of Acts chapter 10 to verse to chapter 16, but I wouldn't read all of that. Um, I'll just read like a few verses. Acts chapter 10, verse, verse 10 to 16. Um, I'll read just a few verses, okay? Um, so verse 10 says, now this is talking about Peter, okay, he says, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, while they prepared the food, he fell into a trance. And I, I want to stop 
I want to stop at this point to explain what a trance is. But before I do that, let me just finish. It says, um, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending onto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down to the earth. And then the conversation goes on and on. You can read down to verse 16 to see how the conversation goes. But my emphasis is the fact that Peter <clears throat> fell into a trance. Now, the Bible says that Peter was very hungry. And this is a very interesting, interesting story because um, he, he would have really eaten. You know, it's not like he was fasting as such. But just because the food was being prepared, he said, ah, let me go and um, pray. Okay? And while he was doing that, he fell into a trance. Now, a trance is an experience where your physical senses and the awareness of your physical environment is suspended and God superimposes your current reality with a, with a visual image that he wants to communicate to you with. All right? So, and, and a lot of people have had this. And, and while we're talking about spectacular experiences, these are not things that are far-fetched or things that are only available to, you know, spiritual people or, you know, like pastors, bishops, and those in ministry. These are experiences available to every one of us, okay? So Peter went into this trance where everything he was seeing was suspended and the only thing he could see and he was aware of was the vision that God was giving unto him, all right? This is what a trance is. And God still speaks to people in this way right now. And I know for, I mean, I mean, for my wife, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I get jealous in a holy way, all right? Um, I know for her that one of the ways God does speak to her very well is through dreams and through visions. So we could just be praying and she would just be seeing and be seeing and be seeing things. And me that I'm praying with her, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything. Or she'll just go to sleep and she say, I had a dream. I say, I was on the same bed with you. Why did I not dream dream? And, you know, obviously God decides how he speaks to us. But for some people, there are certain um, experiences that are more common than for others. All right. Okay. So I just read these examples there. This is not an exhaustive list. There, there's a lot more. But I just read this to show that God still speaks to us through spectacular means. All right. Now, having said this, um, let me say, put a disclaimer here for us or just to, just to balance it, that there is nowhere in scriptures, okay, there is nowhere in scriptures where we are asked or even encouraged to pray for a spectacular experience. What I mean is that there's nowhere in scripture where God says, pray that you see an angel. No. There is nowhere in scripture where God says, okay, you know what, go on a three-day fast and pray that I will show you a vision. No. There is nowhere like that. There's nowhere that we, we are asked to pray that God would, would, God would send his angels to appear to us. Of course, we can ask for angelic, angelic assistance or help, but not necessarily that we see the angels with our physical eyes or we see them in our dreams or anything like that. That's what I mean. So there's nowhere in scripture where we are asked or we are even encouraged to pray for spectacular experiences. Okay? God in his sovereignty determines if, how, and when we experience them. So God is the one that will determine whether you see you send an angel to deliver a message to you or whether he will deliver the message in your dream or whether you fall into a trance or you see a vision, God is the one that determines it. You cannot, there's no science to orchestrating an angelic appearance. I can tell you for sure that if I fast and pray, God will speak to me, but I cannot tell you for sure how God will speak, whether he will send an angel or you give me a vision or you speak to my heart, no. In fact, 
I can place a demand that God speaks to my heart and I sense what he's saying because there's a guarantee for that one. But there's no guarantee for an angel appearing to me in my dream or me seeing a vision when I go to sleep. Okay? So God is the one that determines it in his sovereignty. And many times, let me even say this because I was sharing this with someone some days ago, that we might be a group of friends praying, all right? And we're praying for a particular thing. And God may show the answer to one person, but we are the ones that prayed for it together. And God is the one that determines. A good example is when Daniel and his friends prayed, Daniel and his friends prayed for the answer, um, for the revelation of the king's dream and the interpretation. Four of them came together to pray, but God gave the answer to Daniel. It didn't mean that Daniel was more special in that setting. No, it was God's desire and God's design to just, just give the answer through Daniel. But the benefits was for everybody. So what I said here is that God in his sovereignty determines if and how we experience them. However, we can prepare our hearts and the atmosphere to, ex to receive these experiences. Now, this is what I mean. That yes, it is true, you, we can't pray and say, there's no, no legal or biblical basis for us to pray and say, God, let in your angel appear to me as I go and fast and pray. There's no biblical basis for that. There's no biblical basis for us to say, God, I want you to answer me by showing me a vision. No. However, there are things we can do that can make it, that can make us receptive to these experiences. So say for instance, now, if somebody goes, if somebody, someone that is, that spends, let's say, three days fasting and praying, that person is likely to have a dream from God than somebody that is just eating and drinking and watching movies for six hours in a day. So if you take a three-day period, for instance, and one, you, two, you have two, type, group, two types of people. Um, person A spends six hours watching movies on Netflix, spends another four hours gisting with his friends, and then in the night, he eats like two boxes of pizza and still adds a goosey soup and before he goes to sleep. And then you take person B that is spends time praying and fasting every day for those three days, three days, only eats meal, eats a meal once in a day, and then spends extended time praying in tongues. This person B is likely to receive an, a, a spectacular encounter from God than person A, obviously because the person's heart is inclined towards God and the atmosphere around him is you know, saturated. Now this person, I'm not saying this person is praying to receive a spectacular encounter. The person might be praying for something in their lives, might be praying for you know, direction, might be praying for their family or whatever it is. But just because of the spiritual state of this person, they are likely to receive an encounter from God. So this is what I'm saying that though we cannot request for a spectacular encounter, but we can prepare our hearts and prepare our environment for it, all right? Someone that is listening to, you know, ungodly music, you can't expect angels to be comfortable appearing to you. I mean, except if they are coming maybe to warn you or something, you know, but if you are saturating your, your heart with songs of God, right, and you're saturating, saturating your environment, it is likely for you to have an angelic encounter. And let me even say this in a very practical way that especially for people who are prone to visual experiences from God, okay? So people who dream easily, people who see visions easily, you need to be careful the atmosphere you have around you, else you will pollute it. And instead of God giving you messages, it will be the devil giving you messages because you prepared the ground for, for him, all right? Okay, so I hope this was clear enough. Um, I think this, this is the last thing I want to say now, is that 
I mean, especially concerning spectacular experiences, everything should be tested, but especially concerning spectacular experiences. And I said here that they must be subject to the test of scripture. What I mean by that is this experience I'm having, yes, it's fantastic, it's fanciful, it's, it's, um, it's exciting, but the experience I just had now, is it consistent with what the scripture teaches? Is it consistent with what the word of God teaches and the character of Jesus? That's one. Number two is that it must pass the test of the witness of the spirit in your heart. The witness of the spirit in your heart simply means that, you know, somebody can come and do something. Let's say someone can come and do miracle, but something doesn't just sit right with you. You are like, I know this thing looks good though on the outside, but there's something in my heart that is not agreeing with it. That is your spirit testifying against what you just encountered. So what I'm saying is that every spectacular experience must be subject to the test of scriptures, number one, and the witness of the spirit in your heart. Remember the Bible says concerning the Holy Ghost that he bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Ghost has a way of witnessing in our hearts whether something is right or wrong. And it's the same way you might meet somebody and the person looks nice, speaks nice, dresses nice, everything is nice, but your heart, you feel so uncomfortable. That is the Holy Ghost bearing witness beyond your visual um, sight, bearing witness that there's something wrong with this person, okay? So every encounter you have, whether you have a dream, even if you tell me an angel appeared to you, I say, okay, what did the angel say? If you tell me, well, the angel said that uh, my neighbor's wife is not supposed to be his wife, that his wife is supposed to be my wife. I know the, that thing you encountered is not from God, all right? So you must run your experiences through the test of scripture, and the witness of the spirit in your heart. The reason is because God is not the only one who gives dreams. The devil also knows how to sponsor a dream. The devil also knows how to sponsor a spectacular experience. Some people have had, and, and this might be an extreme case for uh, study, but some people have had demonic encounters that they thought it was a, it was an angel, right? And um, and reason because they did not have the foundation of scripture in their hearts. And probably they, they went on a spiritual journey that was not covered by, by, by God, all right? And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, that even the devil can transform or disguise to be an angel of light. So when it comes to spectacular experiences, especially, we need to be careful because the devil knows how to imitate, you know, um, manifestations. Um, when, when, when Moses dropped the, his rod and he became a, a serpent, the other magicians who dropped their rod and he became a serpent, if you came at that point and you look at, at all the serpents, you would, not, you would never know which one was from Moses or which one was from, was from the magicians because the, the devil knows how to, how to mimic certain um, spectacular experiences, all right? So this is a word of caution, I mean, and a word of, um, you know, a word of caution here yeah, for every one of us. Run your spectacular experiences through the test of scriptures and the witness of the spirit in your heart. What this also means is that you, and, and this is, I'm going to wrap up on this note, that you cannot isolate your fellowship with God, your relationship with God from these ways that God speaks. Because the person that is able to discern in his spirit and have that witness in his spirit is the person that spends time with God. Your spiritual senses are sharpened as you spend time with God, all right? And I said, I, I didn't put this on the slide, but I wrote this in my notes, that there is a level of discernment that is organic. 
That means a level of discernment that is born from a, a living, active relationship with God. I know you. anybody can read scriptures, you know, and try to say, oh, and I mean, some things are very obvious and apparent. If somebody tell, something tells you to kill, obviously, you know, that is not from God. But there are certain things that are not as apparent as others. And for such kind of deceptions, you need a deeper level of discernment that is beyond just your non mental knowledge of the word of God, but into a testing of spirit. And that testing of spirit is an organic experience. So I said that there is a level of discernment that is organic. It is further than just checking the correctness of a matter. It tests the origin of a spirit, all right? It tests the origin of the spirit that sponsors it. It is this, and, and I said that this level of discernment is hinged on fellowship. So for instance, Paul and Silas went about preaching and there was this demon-possessed lady that said very correct things that, listen to these men. These men are these, are these are servants of God. Everything she said was correct. But the first time she said it, Paul felt something's heart. He just wasn't sure. The next day, I knew the Bible says that she kept on saying it. After some time, Paul figured out what it was and he rebuked the spirit in the girl. Everything she said was correct. And if you're going to judge on by face value, you will never say that she's possessed. But this is where active organic fellowship with God is important. That it takes you beyond the surface um, surface, you know, level, and you are able to descend further when God is speaking or when it is not God speaking. And I'm not even sure why I, I'm digressing into this, but you know, in these days, there are a lot of voices that sound like, like they're speaking for God, but they are not. There are a lot of quote unquote miracles that sound like it's from God, but they are not. And on surface value, it doesn't look wrong, but we need the discernment of our spirit to know that this is not of God. And this is where the fellowship with God is non-negotiable. You cannot, I cannot impart it to you. You have to build that fellowship with, um, fellowship yourself with God, all right? Okay, so this is the end of today's Bible study. Um, we have two minutes for questions. I was hoping it would finish before 10, oh, I mean, 10 minutes past eight, but yeah. Let's take two minutes for any question or maybe a contribution that is, you believe would bless the hearts of people. Um, I, we would love to have it at this point. Anybody with a question for us? Something I said that you know you want to ask about, or maybe you had an experience you want to ask about, you're not so clear on, please feel free to ask it. Feel free to ask your question. And I hope I wasn't too fast. Apologies if I was. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're done. We're done for today. Just want to take a question or two. Someone with a question. If you're on Mixeller, please feel free to type in your question or your comment, and I'll just read it out to every one of us. Okay, so I don't see any question. Um, let me ask us, what have we learned today? I'll take two people, what you've learned in 30 seconds. And you can please type it on the chat if you're unable to speak. But I'll just love for two people to speak and tell us one thing they've learned today before we go, quickly. One thing you've learned today before you, we go, um, anybody volunteering to share with us? Praise God. Hallelujah. Good evening, everybody. Oh, good evening, mommy. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was um um exp expository teaching as usual. 
I learned today that God has the choice of speaking to us in the way he chooses to. Whichever way he chooses to speak, our ability to listen and understand the message, I think that is what matters to us. So let's leave the choice for him. And this last point you made, our relationship with God also can determine how he speaks to us. Jesus said, my sheep hears my voice. So if we, we are in tune with God, whichever way he chooses to speak, we will definitely hear him and understand him. So let's maintain our cordial relationship with the Lord. Mm. I think I learned that seriously today. And thank you. I also want to say here on the platform that we should encourage ourselves to participate in the teaching. In that way, we know that we are flowing together. Thank you. And everybody, God bless you. Thank you so much, Ma. Hi. Okay, hi. Good evening. Good evening. I have to leave. That's me to miss Ella so that I could speak. Okay, that's um, the question is um how do you so I know you said that what is your thought the the issue or the message you're doing that you have for them like recently I'm trying to just get close to God like I'm trying, I'm trying to I'm focusing on trying to like hear from the Holy Spirit so I can go and like study and praying anything says and I'm just open okay I'll do it. But then, how do you constantly hear and then not confusing your thoughts? Because there are a lot of words speaking in my mind. And I'm like, is it, is it good? Because mm. those days I was praying and then I was with my friend morning and she was just right beside me. And the voice just came to my head, pay her money. And I just paid her the money. I didn't even have the money, but I just paid her the money. So right now, I'm trying to open my spirit to open to just like to hear. So anytime I hear a voice and it's good and everything, I just open to let me be so because my pastor said that once should start exercising your spirit, you might become more open to understanding like the voice of God or to hearing it. So I just how do you separate like, your normal thoughts from like the actual voice of God? Sometimes you know it's just confusing. You just be conflicting, and then you're like, "Is this really God?" Yes, thank you very much. Very, very, very good question, and I'm happy you asked that. So this takes us to last week's Bible study, um, and I, you already started answering it in a way, anyways. So let me start off from one of the things you said. Um, you said, "The moment you begin to practice it, you are the better you become at it." And that's a very important point. But, you know, even from the starting point, how do I start to practice it um, to begin with? One of the ways you differentiate God's thoughts or God's voice in your heart from your own thoughts is that when God drops a thought in you, okay, that first of all, it usually carries more weight than your own thoughts. This is obviously proceeding from the... um, check of it being in alignment with scripture. I mean, that's easy to tell. If it's not in alignment with scripture, you can easily just drive it away. But then how do you do know specifically that this is not just your good heart thinking something versus God giving you an instruction, all right? So one is that the thought of God typically comes with a weight that your thoughts don't naturally carry. So it's, it weighs more on your heart. What I mean by that is 
if a God drops a thought in my heart and I'm not sure it's God, if I try to push it away, after some time it will come back to me. And if I push it away, it will still come back to me. And if I say, okay, let me spend time praying over it. Like I mentioned earlier, when I begin to pray over it, the thought begins to grow in my heart. That means the thought begins to occupy more space in my heart. Then I know that this thought is from God. But if it's not from God and it's just my own thought, the more I pray about, pray about, pray about it, the, the weight doesn't increase. It's just there as a good thought, but not necessarily God's speak, God speaking to me at that point. So this is one of the ways that we, we know. And if you are, if it's not an emergency, I encourage you to spend time just thinking about it and praying about it. You see that with time, the size of that thought in your heart will increase, all right? Second thing is, practice there's no way you would know for setting if you don't eventually practice it and this reminds me of one time um like several years ago i was reading a book on the gifts of the spirit and they were talking about the, the gift of the word of knowledge and i was i really wanted to experience it and that early morning i i can't forget i went to class there were just about two or three of us in the class um because i went very early and while i was reading the book on the gift of spirit it, the Holy Ghost dropped a thought in my heart and said, go and speak to this person and tell him that, you know, there are something about their family and something. In my mind, I was like, ha, what if I'm wrong? But then I asked myself, well, if I'm wrong, I'll find out and I know that. I, then I'll know what the voice of God doesn't sound like. So I, I took the risk and I went to speak to the person and I was correct. So from that experience, I now knew that, ah, this is what the voice of God sounds like in my heart. Tried it again with like several different experiences and I became more comfortable with it. All right. So this just in agreement to what you said earlier, that the more you practice, the better you become at it. Okay. So thank you so much. So there's one other question I want to ask. Right. Does God change his mind towards like a situation? So the reason why I'm asking this question is because this time where I was, was this, sorry, it's personal, but there's something that I want to, I think I want to share this. Time where somebody was actually like asking and asking and asking us, and then but everything was just agreeing. But my mind was just telling me no, no, no. And then I was even giving excuse of all this stuff and everything. Then I actually prayed to God. I just said saying I wasn't like even praying like oh, for Kabash. I was like, no, I'm just praying no more like random like God. What's going on? And this is not as everybody saying as I did. But then it's not. This is not. It's not looking right. Like, I'm not feeling right. And then. I don't even know if it was God or just my mind, because the the way I because the way the message came to me, it was from a very random incident. It was actually from even me entering a bus that the message came to me. And then the message was not telling me I should wait. So now the question is, does that wait mean we are running real or wait means you know you can still go back, but wait at this point is not what I'm telling you to do. Because it's confusing because now it's like the guy is back again and he's pushing, pushing. And I'm like, okay. But then I had weights. And I was actually, it wasn't my thoughts because it was too, it was too busy at that point. It was very random. But then, you know, you, you like you said, the weights that it carried was actually a lot. Mm. I don't know if anybody can see him. So I'm just asking that, can he now change his mind about like all the weights? Can he now say, but then when I prayed about it, I didn't get anything. I've not seen anything. I've not read any, anything, anything at all. At all. So just ask me. Okay. Can, you, can you say, oh, okay, now, I don't know, Sha. All right, all right. I think I get to what you're asking now. Um, um, 
by the way, apologies for everyone that we're, we're taking like a bit extra more minutes to answer these questions. But I think these questions will also help us generally. Um, so in this situation, I cannot tell you what God is saying or not, but I can give you something, some tips that will help you descend personally what, you know, what God is saying. Number one is that um, test, every, test everything you think you've heard. Okay, what I mean by that is if you, you are certain that this impression you have is from God, um, take it to God in prayer, spend time praying over it. And what, it, what I mean in practice by, by this is take that particular thought or particular thing you believe you heard in your heart, pray in the spirit for a long time. And, you know, there are certain things, there are certain times where you might not get an answer in a short prayer. So you need like a stretch, especially with issues that require clarity and that involves your emotions. You need a lot of, you need, you need clear, you need clear um, thinking to be able to, or clear heart rather, to be able to discern what God is saying. So spend time praying in spirit over it and um, give yourself that time, right? To pray in spirit and to check if this is from God. Number two is that if you're setting the, the last thing you heard is from God, um, unless God gives you a confident um, direction, a confident instruction in another direction, then stick with the last thing he said, no matter how long it is. If he says wait and he hasn't come back to say continue, then you wait until whatever. And it's not up to you to do. Obviously, you wouldn't know how long that wait would be, but basically saying obey the last instructions until a new one comes. All right, I hope that was helpful. I'm not sure. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome, yeah. I probably talked to you personally on this, but thank you. Okay, okay, that's fine, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Please, if we do have questions, I'll, I'll really be happy for us to send them as chats. Um, if we can't if we can't answer them right now, I would like, do, do an answer and send it to us, um, either in the group or probably even do a video about the questions we sent. All right, thank you all. Before we go, please, is there anybody joining us for the first time this is your first time joining us either on Mixeller or on Zoom. We'll really love to meet you. Kindly just tell us your name and tell us what city you are joining us from and also who invited you. That would be very helpful. Anyone like that in our midst, please. On Mixeller or on Zoom, join us for the very first time. Please just let us know you. Um, introduce yourself. Tell us where, what city you're joining us from and who invited you. Okay. <clears throat> While we are that, I have one major announcement. We are having our fiscal meeting. This is where like, we do drum rolls. Drum rolls. Okay, we're having a fiscal meeting in Lagos uh, on the 28th of May. Fiscal meeting in Lagos is on the 28th of May. And it is titled The Gospel of the Kingdom, all right? So we're going to share the flyers right this night in the WhatsApp group. And um, we'll begin, we'll, we'll do the campaign and push out, push out there. Um, I want to encourage everyone of us, please, for those of us in Lagos, it will be awesome for you to join us. And um, even if you're not in Lagos, invite someone. If you're in Lagos, definitely invite someone. But yes, we're having a fiscal meeting. This is the first fiscal meeting we're having this year. I almost can't believe we went five months without seeing each other. All right, but it's going to be an amazing time. And that the things that God is dropping on our hearts are just, you know, mind-blowing. So please, 28th of May, block your calendar, set your reminder, put it now. 28th of May, we are meeting fiscally in Lagos. Um, 
um, if you've come to previous to our previous um, events, then it's, it's going to be the same place. But then the information communicated to us. All right. Okay. God bless you all. Have a wonderful remaining part of your day. I'm going to stay back for like two minutes just in case anyone wants to say anything. Maybe even ask a question or just say hi. But God bless you all. Have a wonderful time. Oh, let's say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for insight. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for reaffirming in our hearts your truth and even revealing new things to us. We declare that we are empowered by your spirit to discern your voice, to know when you speak and to live according to your instructions in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, God bless you, everyone.